0: Welcome to the conversation on the TYT network. We got a great guest for you guys. Now, Candace Mallett is a journalist and a columnist. She has worked at Blavity, KPFK, the New Inquiry, and she's also a Teen Vogue now. So, Candace, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for
1: having me. I'm
0: so happy to be on. Yeah, absolutely. Great to have you. So you wrote a couple of really interesting pieces. So in, in mainstream media, unity and bipartisanship is the gold standard. They think it doesn't really matter what we're agreeing to as long as we, everyone in Washington agrees they're ecstatic about it. You're challenging that idea. So first let's just talk about why, why shouldn't Biden do unity with the Republicans and bring the country together?
1: I mean, cuz it's not what's that cost, right? So usually a progressive issues, um, are usually what kind of gets thrown and tossed aside in the sake of unity, and there's principles, and I think you have to think about what you're compromising in the sake of unity, and what is really the point. And so, if you want, you know, um, to be in unity with people who are against taking, you know, aggressive action against climate crisis, um, against, you know, making sure that. People have some sort of universal basic income while they're going through this pandemic, and who have been attacking, you know, the Affordable Care Act, which is the bare minimum, you know, the government can do for healthcare. Then I would be concerned in why people elected you in the first place.
0: So there's two different and difficult things that we've got to deal with in the Biden years. And over the last couple of days, couple of weeks, I've been talking about how. I, I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't say that often. So one is when Biden does what he always does, he thinks we're still in the 1970s, 80s and 90s. And he's going to make deals with Mitch McConnell and those. If you're going to make a deal with Mitch McConnell, Candace, as you point out, it's going to be a terrible deal. It's not going to be a deal that is not about whether progressives like it or not. It, it, it will be disastrous for the country that almost every deal that Biden and McConnell's have ever struck over these last 40 years has, has been a disaster. Whether it was a 94 crime bill, whether it was the deal to make the Bush tax cuts permanent for the rich and we can go on and on. Uh, when that happens, normally all of the media goes, "Yes, oh my God, we're so happy you all got robbed because bipartisanship is is the only thing that matters." But now progressives are not going to stand for it. But what form do you think that takes? What, what what does that rebellion look like, and and what does it lead to? Yeah, I mean, I think we saw
1: a bit of it already, right? Um, the unrest that took place at the end of May and in June and just kinda throughout the summer was you know, definitely because of the police violence that was happening, but also, you know, if you look at the people who were arrested, they were people who were impacted by the pandemic. And so there is, you know, people are economically they're hurting right now. And so if we go into another four years with a government who continues to ignore us, you know, it'd be kind of similar to what happened under Obama's first term, where we had Occupy. You know, you had people in the streets challenging, you know, the call for austerity. And um, I think people were going to challenge that. And they need to, because if not, we're just going to continue this cycle of, you know, one bad corporatist to another bad corporatist. And we actually need something way bigger than just a, you know, change in party. Um, we
0: need systemic change. So Candace, I don't know if they'll do it to you, uh, but I know that in my career for the last 18 years, whenever I've said, yeah, no, we shouldn't do that deal, that's bad. And we, whether it's was standing up to Clinton, Obama, it doesn't matter. You can stand up to Republicans, that's different, right? But if you stand up to uh, Biden, the media will savage you. They will, they'll call you a radical, the worst of the worst, etc. I, I don't know, I've dealt with that my whole life. Uh, so, um, what do you th- like? Do you think that they, that they will do that to young folks like yourself, a a, a progressive movement that is much larger, an African American movement that is larger and stronger in a lot of ways than than has been the case in the last couple of decades? And then, if they do, what what do you think happens at that point? I mean,
1: you kind of already see it happening with the defund the police movement. Um, they're starting to kind of like distance themselves away from it, and it's you know an opportunity for them to also kind of distance themselves away from the unrest um, and the protests that have been happening that you know I think they see as a dividing factor between um, them gaining more Republicans or conservative people into the party, um, which is true, and um, and so yeah, like they'll just kind of continue to distance themselves, and yeah, I definitely think. People who speak out about Biden are going to get criticism. We already saw that happening before the election for people who were like, you know, actually, I don't want to have to vote for the lesser of two evils. I want something better. I deserve something better. And so, yeah, you're going to have a continuation of that for the next four years, unfortunately. But I think the key is, you know, to kind of recognize the Democratic Party for what they are and what they tell you to be. And I, I think it's interesting that, you know, you have Democrats who continue sort of like, you know, push themselves push away the progressive ideas and kind of like top down to the progressive wing of the party. Um, and progressives kind of just continue this relationship with them. And I'm wondering why, you know, um, if the Democrats aren't serving the needs of what your, you know, interests are or policies that you wanna see happen, then Maybe it's time to either form a new party, or you know, question the idea of you know the two party system completely.
0: Yeah, so I want to get to how we get it take power because, um, you know, so for our progressive allies in Congress, uh, I, I I told them that trying to work with corporate Democrats was never going to work, right? Uh, and they were going to betray you the, the minute they got an opportunity because they're not your friends. They're pretending to be your friends, but they're not. They work for the donors. And so the minute we won the election, on by the way, on the strength of what young people showed up at much greater rates than historically they they normally do, and African Americans in Atlanta, Philly, Milwaukee, and and all the places that Donald Trump is now yelling about Detroit, et cetera. So as soon as you know we were done being useful, they immediately blamed us. And you wrote about that in your pieces. And so, and I think that was kind of a bit of an awakening for the AOCs and the Rashida Tlaibs. Oh, they're not going to work with us now. Mm-hmm. But then we get into the intractable problem of starting a third party is enormously difficult, massively expensive, and, and that's our number one problem is we don't have enough money. Um, and so, what do we do then at that point in in how to fight back in a way that's effective that gains us The results that we want.
1: I mean, yes, I think having a opposition party to the Democrats that aren't the Republicans is going to be a difficult task. Um, But at what point, you know, do you take that task, right? Like if you want electoral politics and you want to have, you know, your Ideas represented in your government, and at what point do you kind of just recognize that, like, that's not going to be able to happen um, in the Democratic Party—at least not anytime soon, right? I mean, you are seeing more progressive people take House seats, um, but you know, we really don't have time to sit and try to turn over the Democratic Party when we have the climate crisis happening right now, and so. We need drastic measures to happen whether that's people um, you know realizing that in four years from now either Biden or you know Kamala Harris depending on if Biden only wants to um, only plans to run for one term is going to run and so if someone wants to be the progressive challenger to that they should be starting their campaign now and not waiting until a year before that a um, year before the election. and that also just means like organizing and you know building up our own community sort of networks and having mutual aid, having neighborhood assemblies kind of taking away the power that we depend so much on the government and like empowering ourselves to have that, I think is also a tactic that, you know, is being utilized and can be utilized in a larger level.
0: Yeah, no, I, I know the first step. Uh, the minute you propose things like that, the rest of the media will yell at you at the top of their lungs. It's it's less the corporate mm-hmm. Democrats who have to worry about than the mainstream media. Because the mainstream media mm-hmm. despises anything that doesn't call for unity and bipartisanship. I don't know what happens next though, because yelling at me is easy. Uh, I think yelling at a whole new young generation is a little more difficult than they realize. Um, so, uh, but I want to ask about one last thing as quickly as we can. You wrote in one of your pieces, Biden's call for a united America boils down to nationalist propaganda. That's really interesting. T- tell us what you mean by that.
1: So, you know, the idea of this America where we're all united is part of like the myth of America because if you look at the from the existence of, you know, genocide of indigenous people in this country from the enslavement of African people, um, you know, there was that unity of the people who like those people were not unified in the idea of America, but they were, you know, subjected to it. And so this idea is just like one American is part of like, you know, the nationalist idea of, you know, us being one. And that's important to nationalism because that feeds into, you know, whenever we go to wars and pushing that idea or sort of the sake of um Creating one and all together, and I think challenging that, sort of looking at unity as nationalism, um, or at least a, a try for that, kind of makes you question like, well, what does it mean to have unity in this country? What do we give up, and like, do we want that? Like, what are my principles? You know, if yeah. I'm someone who's an abolitionist, do I want to be unified with people who you know believe in having the prison system, or who believe in capitalism? You
0: know? Yeah. So, so that's the
1: case
0: that. Yeah, I, I want people to understand it as we go here that Candace is saying things that are very similar to what Frederick Douglass said. And at the time, the media and the the you know the so-called left movement or the people that were in charge in the left back then told Frederick Douglass, "No, we got to go for unity." And he's like, "You want me to unify with who? The slaveholder?" <laughs> and their idea was, "No." You know, you're doing it wrong. You're calling for re- like rebellions from time to time, and that's unacceptable. He's like, no, slavery is unacceptable. Uh, and so, this call for unity is not a new trick. It's a very old trick because no one ever asks, and this is why I get so mad at the mainstream media unify behind what? Behind what? And if you say unify behind slavery as they did to Frederick Douglass, our answer is, well, we're on air, so I'll go with hell no, <laughs> okay? And if you say unify now behind more tax cuts for the rich, and more of the disaster that we've had in this country for the last 40, 50 years. The answer is no, and so what happens after that is anybody's guess. But Candace Mallet, really interesting pieces. Thank you so much for joining us on the conversation, we really appreciate it. Thank you for
1: having
0: me. Absolutely. All right, back on a conversation. We've got a very interesting guest for you guys right now. It's Walter Masterson. Uh, he attends uh, Trump rallies, uh, and interesting things happen uh, when reporters talk to him or he gets taped. Let's take an example of one here.
2: You want to stop the recount, but we also want to
0: recount.
1: Okay, at the same time, you want
0: a recount and to stop the recount.
2: Because, I mean, you know, some states, you know, we're ahead, so we you know it's like, all right, stop counting while we're ahead. And then other states, you know, we want to, um, we're behind. So, you know, we, that you obviously you're needs a recount.
0: Okay. So, votes. so wherever you are behind, you need a recount over there. And like wherever yeah. you lead, like yeah. you need to, to keep counting the votes. Isn't it sort of like biased? <laughs> no, what, I
2: mean, you no, know, the liberal media is biased. Yes. The we're is biased. We just want, um, our president, um, America. Uh, Democrats did bad things, 1800s, racists walk away, George Soros, Hillary Clinton, um, Nancy Pelosi, and um, you know, trust the, plan, do your own research, you know what I mean? Thank you very much. Thank but you'. We're not stupid. Yeah we're not Donald Trump is a genius. That's what the J stands for.
0: Now Walter, uh, you're here on uh, TYT Network. Uh, tell us, does the J actually stand for genius?
2: Um, well, I mean, you tell me. I mean, you know, is Donald Trump not the smartest man you've ever met? I mean, he he beat COVID in what like three, four hours? Come on now.
0: I I thought maybe it took three or four days, but I'm getting the updated. It it turns out it was three to four hours. That's that's why everybody's still alive.
2: I mean, it was just you know, just he took like a nap and stuff. It's fine,
0: right. Yeah, no, it's fair, that's fair. And I like that you're challenging us, the liberal media, uh, to get it right. All right, no, if you couldn't tell by now, and in the beginning, I couldn't tell, because that that bit you did, Walter, was so good. Uh, I I couldn't tell if you really were MAGA or pretending to be MAGA. But but you know how I found out, Walter? Because when I posted on Twitter, everybody's like, is that Walter Masterson? Because that looks like a Masterson project. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how how long have you been going to these events uh, and basically trolling the trollers?
2: So I, yeah,
0: yeah. so a few, few months
2: I went to, so I started playing around with people in New York City, that was fun. I thought, okay, what if I went up to people and just agreed with them? Like, just over agreed with them, and was just sort of hyperbolic about it. And so I tried that and was it didn't it sort of doesn't work. And then what I actually found out, to my surprise, is that when you are dressed like a Trump supporter, that's it. Then people engage with you. Trump supporters engage with you. Mm-hmm. Um, the The rhetoric doesn't doesn't matter until you are dressed like a Trump supporter.
0: Oh, That's so interesting. I'm so glad we have you on. I never heard that before. So here, I'm going to show you a clip that Walter had with someone in New York. Uh, I assume it's one of the earlier clips because you're not dressed as a Trump supporter and the guy wigs out a little bit. But I want to give have you give context to it. The guy has a sign. It's uh, not necessarily easy to read oh. in the beginning. What did the sign say about an Oreo cookie and explain what that is? Okay, so
2: this is like some old man racism. That like I've had to explain this to people. So Oreo Cookie means someone that's uh, white on the inside and black on the outside. So he he was saying black lives only matter when it's a uh, when it's a um, like an Oreo, like a someone who's white on the inside and black on the outside and they shoot a black person. But he He made a sign then thought, and you know this would be great he, to go in front of Trump Tower and say this. Yeah. And you know, advocate so, this.
0: So Oreo cookie is an offensive term, right? <laughs> to say the least.
2: And I, yeah. I it's it's like an old it's it's like an old offensive term. So yeah. you're like black people know what that means. Um older black people know what that means.
0: Yeah, apparently. And, and, apparently yeah, so. and there's like a whole like wiktionary of yeah. old racist terms. Uh like yeah. uh, banana, it means Asian person who's white on the inside. Uh, my folks it's used to a be- Yeah, Twinkie, ho- yeah. Yeah, and then there's old words like Mohammedan for a Muslim American. <laughs> okay, I mean, <laughs> anyways, so um, you go and agree with him. You're not in your get up, so he gets freaked out. But all you're doing is kind of amplifying what he's saying. So let's have fun. Let's watch it first then come back. Yeah.
2: Look at this, no, no, don't touch the sign. I will not touch the sign, touch the sign. Black the sign Lives Matter. Wants to get rid of Oreo cookies! No, oh, those are black police. No! They, the Oreo cookies, Nabisco, Chips Ahoy! All of it! They want no more Keebler elves!
0: There are people with white suits and butterfly nuts waiting for you at the corner over there. They're gonna take you straight to Bellevue. There'll be somebody there to give you medicine that you really need. Go, get into the get
2: into the end. Hillary Clinton is working to try and take away your Oreo
0: cookies. Wake up, America. Okay, <laughs> so and he's got like guns on his jacket and stuff, and and he never yeah. understood that you were trolling him, of course. But what was interesting there, Walter, is that he thought you were crazy, even though you were amplifying what was actually on his side.
2: Yeah, I just I saw that once. I saw him, I was like, oh, I gotta mess with this guy. And then I saw the Oreo part, and I was like, oh, okay, that's that's where I'm going with this. This is this is too good. I was there for a completely different reason. I I raised money um, for Black Lives Matter. So like, I made a thing where like you can buy a video for twenty dollars. I'll make a video, custom video, saying whatever you want in front of Trump Tower, and the money goes to Black Lives Matter organizations. So
0: that's awesome, and that.
2: So I was just there doing that, and then I was like, "Oh, hi." Well, since you're already here, let's do this. Yeah, and then. But what the funny thing is is there's nothing. It's what I had learned later on that it's it's the weirdest thing. Unless you're dressed like a Trump supporter, they don't they they don't trust you. They don't this. It's it has to be. It's visual. It's I mean, for you know, for the left, it's there's a lot of rhetoric. It's there's just a lot of rhetoric that you need to hear on the left but for the right it's very visual it has to be right there before someone will you know just engage with you trust you because i mean i've tried this and failed that countless times to engage someone no one wants to engage with me if i'm not in in the proper attire
0: yeah, In my experience. No, you know, I I, I instantly understood it as soon, as soon as you said. I never heard it before, but w- the reason for it is because of identity. Um, they say, okay, then he is part of our identity. He's okay. Then he can say any insane thing he wants. We all say insane things. But if you're not part of our group and you're not part of our identity, then you're the others. And the conservative brain is repelled by the others. But if you're inside the wagons, then I have at it, Hoss then we're 100% on your yeah. side. And and so that's what the yeah, so that's I what mean, the uniform represents. So it's instead of having a McDonald's or a UPS uniform, you put on the MAGA uniform, then you can say all the crazy stuff you want. Um and so that yeah. that's why I think your comedy is brilliant, but it and and partly cuz it's funny, but also because it exposes something interesting. Speaking of which, in the time that we have left, you went and interviewed uh, some proud boys guys. What was the context for that and what did you learn from that?
2: I, I still actually keep in touch with some of them. They don't know that I was just there trolling and stuff like that. So and I, you know, I wanted to honestly learn more. They talk about how they're, you know, on the Q platform. And so yeah, you know, I said, all right, like let's I wanted to learn more about this. So and yeah, the, a lot of what they said, you know, was just regurgitated anti Semitism. And people, you know, people say that Proud Boys are racist. They're not racist in the way that you normally would think that they're racist. I mean, because you have people, Proud Boys, there that are, you know, Latino. You have, you know, of all types, and so it's a it's a very weird type of, just, you know, discriminatory group. It's not what you normally think it is. So it's it's a bit tough to wrap your head around when you're when you're speaking to
0: some of them. I agree with you because those are facts. Uh, a lot of their membership is Latino, and some of their leadership is Latino. Um, uh, not not at over 50% or anything, but a surprising
2: I, amount. I will say this. So what's, what's really important, and what was very disturbing about going to all these rallies. We're going to have, as a nation, a very serious discussion about this in a few years. But I'm saying it right now, is that QAnon is radicalizing BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, people of color. Mm-hmm. it is radicalizing them mm-hmm. that's what i've seen at the rallies i, I mean, i'm i've seen all types of people at trump rallies i'm not shocked anymore like there's i don't assume just because someone is a certain race color creed uh, orientation that the, you know they're an ally it's so nothing shocks me and i've had a lot of conversations it all comes back to cue that was the gateway drug.
0: I think that they take advantage of people's pain. Once they see a pain point, and in in the case of Q, it's child molestation. They just dive into it, right? And they press that open wound and then people go, "Oh, they must be on my side because they realize my pain, right? And then the two groups that they're most against are actually not black folks or Latinos or any of that. It's women, the misogyny, I think unifies a lot of the proud boys and and muslims everybody agrees oh we hate the muslims and if no, you go deep also, enough to think Jewish. the group that, that actually runs everything in, in the, all these conspiracies are the jews so they can't say that one out loud as much right but you like muslims and is a is a gateway then you get to misogyny then you get to the jews so what do you think
2: yeah yeah no um they so i i people some of these people had signed waivers so I, you know, they said, "Oh, can you please turn the camera off?" And I didn't turn the camera off, but I didn't publish that because they did sign a waiver. But you know, plenty of them have explained to me how the Holocaust never happened. Uh, they send me stuff, QAnon's rhetoric, um, you know, about that. You know, the Jews are behind all of the, you know, the child stuff, and you know, they say, "Well, it's written in their Talmud," you know, and they quote the Talmud to me. Um, so you know, it's it's rebranded anti-Semitism. It's I, I thought I was gonna get something new. And I was like, this is like seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds anti anti-Semitism, just rebranded to modern day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yes, obviously, you know, there's it, it's sort of this mutated form of Christianity because they all are they, you know they they'll all say, "Well, you know, the blood of you know I'm bathed in the blood of Christ and God wins in the end. They'll say stuff like that. Yeah. Um, no. so it's it's, no. it's really weird. and and yeah. it's 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 also like it it's tragic because you know I and mean, I think people like Bernie Sanders, you know, they want, you know, they want um they sort of want the same things. You know, this is you know people on the left want the the financial elites to you know be brought down and there to be equality. It, it, this is like a mutated form, but they're letting the elites off the hook by blaming it on, you know, Jews, Muslims, uh, transgender.
0: Yeah. Oh, transgender, that's another gateway drug of hate. Right. Uh, you start there and they're like, oh, come further, come further. Uh, and at the end, the big surprise is it's the Jews. Um, so, yeah. and, and Walter, by the way, I interviewed David Duke five years ago. I was just like, you were like shocked. Oh, it turns out that, that the, the very core of it is anti Semitism. Same exact thing with Duke. I thought he was going to rail against black people and immigrants and stuff. And he's like, nope, nope, Jews, 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 Jews. So, and that guy who just. Well, I mean,
2: it's nothing new. The KKK was founded upon hatred for the Jews. And it was media control. It was. So it was, you know, it's it's just rebranded to modern day. And, you know, I'm, I've started to call people out like, all right, when you're saying Soros, it's just a dog whistle for anti Semitism. Like, I'm not, it's not, I know, I know exactly what you mean by right now. Like, and I'm not gonna pretend that, let's not pretend that we don't know what you mean.
0: Yeah, you know, it's 100%. Not just, it's 100%. Not just
2: George Soros.
0: Yeah, no, no. They're obsessed you know? with Soros because of the anti Semitism billion percent. And, and so like if they want to get donor money out, progressives want to get donor money out, are you crazy? We'd be happy to do that, yeah. right? But we're not going to yeah. co sign on to the insane anti-Semitism that has plagued this earth for all this time there. So it's so sad how they're dragging people down into this muck of hatred and in and, and every part of it. Like look, last thing, the, the evangelical pastors just got in trouble for saying let's start executing." Scientists and professors and Democrats. He's the same guy that during impeachment called it a Jew coup. Okay, so this thing has been underneath the surface boiling, and no one even like no one in power realized it. And 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 we think that oh, Trump lost, it's over. Nah, it ain't over at all. So, I'm really worried about what's going to happen in the future. And Walter, I
2: I was at the MAGA rally in DC. That was, I mean, the stuff that came out of everyone's mouth there was just the weirdest thing ever. That was the most, that was the crazy, the most crazy people came to that rally. And I've been to Trump rallies before, and that rally was full of the absolute craziest people. If you went there, you were crazy. <laughs>
0: you know. All right, Walter. <laughs> uh, where can people find more of your videos? Um, you can follow just every platform I'm on.
2: It's just Walter Masterson. Uh, so YouTube, Walter Masterson. uh don't follow me on Twitter, uh, TikTok primarily, and Instagram. Just you know, Walter Masterson, straight through one one word.
0: All right, Walter. Amazing work. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Keep going. All
2: right, thank you. Thank you so much. Cheers.
0: No problem.